Ephesians chapter 1, this evening I'll be reading verses 4, uh, excuse me, what did I tell you? 7 through 9 tonight. I, I read uh, 4 through 6 this morning. Tonight we're going to talk about uh, verses 7 through 9 this evening a little bit uh, with the Lord being our helper. So you pray for us tonight. Ephesians chapter 1, verse number 7. If you will, stand with us tonight. Word of God says, In whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, according to the riches of his grace, wherein he hath abounded toward us in all wisdom and prudence, having made known unto us the mystery of his will, according to his good pleasure which he hath purposed in himself, that in the dispensation of the fullness of times he might gather together in one all things in Christ, both which are in heaven and which are on earth, even in him, I'm just going to go until I see a period. In whom also we have obtained an inheritance being predestinated according to the purpose of him who worketh all things after the counsel of his own will that we should be to the praise of his glory who first trusted in Christ. Our Heavenly Father, we come before you tonight as humble as we know how. And Father, I know that I cannot preach without the help of the Holy Spirit. And God, I'm asking you today, Lord, as preacher Mike McCoy said, God, if there be any sin in me, forgive me. And God, if there be anything broken in me, God, I pray that you'd fix me. God, forgive me, fix me, and fill me with the Holy Spirit. God, I pray tonight that you'd anoint my mouth, guard my tongue. God, help me tonight. God, fill me uh, to the uttermost, God, that I may preach the word of God the way that you've given it to me. God, bless your people tonight. In Christ's holy name I pray, amen. amen. Verse number 7, it says, In whom we have redemption through his blood. And that's what I want to talk to us about just for a little while. I'm so glad that I'm redeemed. Amen. Uh, that should have been a song we sung tonight. I'm redeemed. Oh, I'm redeemed. Praise God, it's good to be redeemed tonight. If you ain't redeemed, you ought to try it. Amen. If you ain't felt the love of Jesus Christ shed abroad in your heart, you ought to give it a try. Uh, and listen, there's some folks that's in your family that need to see the love of God in your heart. Amen. They need to know that you're, you've been redeemed. They need to know that there's been a change made. They're, they need to see the love of Christ, and they need to see the salvation in your life. Redemption is apolotrosis in Greek, meaning a ransom in full, riddance, and deliverance. Thank God I've been delivered tonight. Thank God in heaven that my ransom has been paid. Thank God in heaven that my sins have been rid. Amen. They've been rid away, and I thank God for that. They, they've been taken away. I want us to understand something that the redemption that is through the Lord Jesus Christ is only because of God's grace divine. That's the only reason that we can be redeemed is through God's grace. In Ephesians chapter 2, and if I move on uh, through the entire book of Ephesians, I don't know, I'm praying and asking the Lord to, to guide me in this. Uh, I don't know if I'll just cover chapter 1 or not, but in chapter 2 it says, For we are saved by grace. Amen. What is grace? Well, someone put it this way. God's riches at Christ's expense. Thank God I have inherited all of God's riches because of what Jesus Christ did at Calvary. Amen. He, 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 all of his expenses was left at Calvary. Uh, and I'm thankful for that tonight. Romans chapter 3 verses 24 through 26 says this, Being justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. Thanks be unto God tonight whom God has set forth to be a propitiation through faith in his blood 
to declare his righteousness for the remission of sins that are past through the forbearance of God to declare, I say at this time, his righteousness that he might be just and the justifier of him which believeth in Jesus. I'm thankful tonight that though uh, we may be lost and in sin, if we will just come humbly before God uh, and confess our sin unto him, he is faithful and just to forgive us and cleanse us of all unrighteousness and worldly lust. I'm thankful tonight that we have redemption through the blood of Christ. I'm thankful tonight that we have the grace of God uh, that we can go to, that when we falter and fail and when we sin, uh, that we have the grace of God that says, Come before the throne of God and you may obtain mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. I'm thankful for that tonight. In Hebrews chapter 4, verses 30 through 32 says, And grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby ye are sealed until the day of redemption. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. And be ye kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God for Christ's sake hath forgiven you. In another place said, if you do not forgive your neighbor, uh, you shall not receive the forgiveness of God. So it's very important for us uh, that through our redemption, we show the forgiveness to other people. Listen, if you have unforgiveness in your heart, it'll make you absolutely miserable, uh, especially when you see that person in town. If you have unforgiveness and bitterness towards somebody and, and you go to town and, and that's harboring in your heart, listen, an evil spirit will come all over you and you will not have the fellowship of God. Praise God, the spirit will not have any part where there's bitterness and unforgiveness. And if you're going to be uh, uh, able to love your neighbor and love your enemy at the same time, you're going to have to get rid of that unforgiveness and bitterness in your heart. And the only way that we can do that is through the redemption of the Lord Jesus Christ. Redemption means to be bought back or to be the purchased possession. I read that to you this morning uh, out of uh, Romans chapter 8. No, I'm trying to find it. Can't find it. I know I read it this morning. It's only through that purchased possession. That's what redemption is. Just as Boaz, listen, and Lord willing, hopefully one day I'll preach on the book of Ruth because I love Ruth. Uh, I mean, I love the story of Ruth, and that's another uh, uh, image that we can see the church or the sinner in is because Ruth came from uh, infidelity. I mean, uh, Ruth came from an awful place uh, called Moab. It, it was full of incest, and it was full of sin, full of... Uh, I believe the word of God calls it the wash pot uh, of the cities. Uh, and, and so Ruth came from this vile place and this filthy place. But you know what? God miraculously redeemed her through Boaz. And Boaz married her because he was the near kinsman. And he loved Naomi and her family. And he, loved, he, he thought Ruth was beautiful. And I don't know what she looked like in person. But to him, she was the most gorgeous woman that he had ever seen. He loved her despite of where she came from. And thank God, the same God I serve looks at us the same way. Don't matter where you came from, he still loves you just the same. Amen. I'm glad for that. I'm glad that he was willing. Amen. He chose to redeem us. Think about that. How wicked and how vile some of us may have been when we were lost and in sin. But thanks be unto God, a God in heaven saw us fit, worthy to be redeemed. He said, you know what? I believe I'm going to send my only begotten son and purchase that man's salvation. Amen. I'm thankful for that tonight. 
Can you tell I'm feeling a little better tonight? Listen, the devil was fighting me hard this morning. I got home and I prayed and I asked the Lord to give me strength tonight because I ain't letting that rascal win. He ain't going to win. Listen, this is God's word. It, it will not return void. I don't know. I don't care how often I stumble and falter and fail. God's word will still touch somebody's heart. Amen. You just pray for the messenger. Amen. God's word will get across. Amen. And I'm, I'm hoping and praying that somebody today let the word of God take root in their heart and they'll be born again. Somebody here needed to make a move and get right with God this morning. I believe that with all my heart. And, and maybe it was my own uh, stumbles and, and, and stumbling block of myself. But uh, listen, I pray that God reach their heart tonight or, and pray for them that they'll be here next Sunday and hear the word of God again. Amen. Hebrews chapter 9 verse 15 says this, And for this cause he is the mediator of the New Testament, that by means of death for the redemption of the transgressions that were under the First Testament, they which are called might receive the promise of eternal inheritance. Wow. Did you know that that's our promise? That promise is given to us. Why? Because he redeemed us. He bought us back. And when he bought us and he purchased us, he gave us the promises throughout all the Old Testament. But he gave us one even greater than that, and that is the New Testament. Which is to say that we have eternal inheritance through Jesus Christ our Lord. Charles Spurgeon, I was reading today uh, of Charles Spurgeon. I'm trying to give you somebody different other than Warren Wiersbe. He said this, whether others have it or not, we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins. We do not hope for it, but we have it. We do not merely think so, but we know that we have it. We are redeemed. We are free from bondage. We are forgiven and are no longer under condemnation. Thank God tonight I know that I know that I know that I am right with the Lord Jesus Christ. I am saved by the blood of the crucified one. He has redeemed me. He has established my goings. And he has set my feet upon a solid rock. Thank God tonight. I hope you can say the same. My next point tonight moving along. Not only has he redeemed us uh, from our sin. He, he has forgiven us of our sins. He has forgiven us of our sins. Romans chapter 8 and verse 1 says. There is therefore now. No condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. Amen. I'm thankful for that tonight. My second point tonight is he has forgave us. And the word forgive means to carry away, bless God. To carry away. He took our sin when he was hanging on the cross. He took upon our sin, upon himself, and he became sin for us to carry it away. Some have wondered while he spent the three days in the tomb... Uh, what he was doing. I'll tell you what he was doing. He was taking the sins of the whole world and casting them as far as the east is from the west and he was kicking them off into the depths of the sea to no more be remembered. That's what, God, that's what Christ was doing. He went down to hell, took the keys from the devil himself, shook them in his face and said, I've won again, old devil. And from that day on, he took all of our sin, justified it on the cross, cast it as far as the east is from the west and he's waiting on every individual to call upon him for the forgiveness of sins. Amen. Amen. That's what he did. Bless God. He carried our sin away. Dr. Warren Wiersbe said this. Sin made us poor. But grace makes us rich. Amen. 
I'm thankful for the richness of God's grace. Sin made us poor. I was, I was empty when I was in sin. I had no joy and peace within, but bless God, when the grace of the Lord came, joy took the place where sorrow once had been. Amen. His forgiveness. Psalms chapter 32, verses 1 through 2 said, Blessed is he whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered. Blessed is the man unto whom the Lord imputeth not iniquity, and in whose spirit there is no guile. Psalm 86 and 5 says, For thou, Lord, art good. Can you say amen right there? For thou, Lord, art good, and ready to forgive, and plenteous in mercy unto all them that call upon thee. Boy, the whole world, whole wide world needs to hear that verse. He is ready to forgive. Doesn't matter what sin that is going on in America today, God is still waiting with open arms for that sinner to come unto him because he is plenteous in mercy unto all them that call upon him. He's forgave us tonight. Hebrews chapter 10, quite a few scripture here for you. Verses 16 through 25 says this, This is the covenant that I will make with them after those days, saith the Lord. I will put my laws into their hearts, and in their minds will I write them, and their sins and iniquities will I remember no more. That ought to be shouting ground right there, bless God. I will remember their sins and iniquities no more. Now where remission of these is, there is no offering for sin, Having therefore, brethren, boldness to enter into the holiest by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way, which he hath consecrated for us through the veil, that is to say, his flesh, and having an high priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart and full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience, and our bodies washed with pure water. Is she okay? sure let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering for he is faithful that promised praise the Lord I am thankful for the word of God for he is faithful that promised listen what he has promised to you it will come to pass uh, Galatians chapter 6 and verse 9 I believe it is says that uh, for we shall reap in due season if we faint not. If we faint not. Listen, we will reap the blessings of God and the promises of God if we faint not, bless God. We just got to keep the faith. We got to keep walking in this thing. Keep going with him. And let us consider one another to provoke unto love and to good works. Love and the good works. Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another, and so much the more as you see the day approaching. Charles Spurgeon said, Salvation means much more than this, and what it further means is too much kept in the background. But yet I will begin with rescue from punishment. For if sin be pardoned, the penalty is extinguished. Y'all didn't get that. Forgiveness means to be rescued from the punishment. What is the punishment for sin? For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. 
So we have been rescued from the punishment. For if sin be not, for if sin be pardoned, the penalty is extinguished. Meaning he has taken away the penalty of sin because he has pardoned through his grace. I believe that great joy of forgiveness to the believer is that God has taken away his anger from him. And that sweet hymn which we often sing is a paraphrase of a passage in Isaiah that says this. I will praise thee every day. Now thine anger is turned away. Comfortable thoughts arise from the bleeding sacrifice. That's how we've been forgiven. We've been forgiven and we've been pardoned through the bleeding sacrifice. That's what the Apostle Paul is telling the church at Ephesus in verse number 7. He said, In whom we have redemption through his blood, and because we have the redemption through his blood, our sins are forgiven. And that's what he's teaching us according to the riches of his grace. He's saying that our sins could not be forgiven had it not been for the grace of God. Amen. Uh, because that's his grace is his infinite love for us. It expounds all knowledge of the human mind. Listen, can you explain to me for the love of, uh, uh, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever would call upon him shall not perish but have everlasting life? Can you can you explain that to me? Can you explain the love of God to me? Why? Because it is so bountiful. It is so abundant. It surpasses all of the human mind can think of what love is. That's God's love. It's infinite. It's eternal. And even those that die and go to hell, God still loves them. Can you imagine how broken God's heart is? When he has to say, depart from me, you worker of iniquity, I never knew you. I believe that it breaks God's heart when people choose to reject Jesus Christ. When God willingly, that's what, it, that's what amazes me. God willingly sent his only begotten son. Jesus willingly left his throne in heaven to die for sinners. He wasn't forced to do it. He willingly left. Now when you get a hold of that, you can start to kind of understand how infinite of love God has for us. But I cannot fathom that. Lastly tonight, he revealed God's will to us. Verses 8 and 9 says this, Wherein he hath abounded toward us in all wisdom and prudence, having made known unto us the mystery of his will. Can I take a break? Brother, that's been sitting out in the sun a little bit. I ain't complaining, brother. I ain't complaining. God will reward you for the water. Amen? Hey, you'll receive a service reward for that. I ain't complaining. Bless God, it's something wet to wet this throat of mine. I studied this week and came across this, and I love this definition of a mystery. It's not something eerie and it's not something spooky and something scary. That's not what a mystery is. But according to the word of God, a mystery is a sacred secret. A sacred secret. Ain't that good? Because only those that are on the inside can get a part of it. Only us that are on the inside know what a mystery is. Bless God. It said once hidden, but now revealed to God's people. 1 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16 says, And without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. 
God was manifested in the flesh, justified in the spirit, seen of angels, preached unto the Gentiles, believed on in the world, and received up into glory. I'm thankful tonight that he has revealed his will to us. And what is his will? 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 9 says, For God is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come unto repentance. He is long-suffering. Because God is not slack like most men count slackness, but he is long-suffering to usward. To usward. Not willing that any should perish, but that all come to repentance. I'm thankful for that. That is God's will for us. But what is God's will? And listen, I, and I preached on, and maybe one day I'll get back around to that message uh, on God's purpose for the Christian. And I can't remember, I, I'm not, I was pretty good at English in school, but I've already forgot all that. I've been out of school, but, and I ain't been out of school as long as some of you have. So, and that ain't throwing any shade to any one of you. But uh, my mind is not as good as what a 24-year-old mind should be. And you can ask my, my wife, say amen on that. But uh, I believe it's called an acrostic. Is that where you take the word and put different words out for each letter? Anyway, the sermon was on purpose and the purpose of a Christian. And you know, all of my life, up until probably the Lord gave me that sermon, God really opened my eyes to show me what my purpose was. All of our life, we look for the purpose that God has for our life. And all of our life, we're told, God has a purpose for you. God has a plan for you. God knows what you're going to do. And God wants you to walk according to His plan and His path and His, His way. And so many times people get so caught up in what is his purpose for me? What is his plan for my life? Does he want me to preach? Does he want me to sing? Does he want me to teach? Does he want me to be a musician? Does he want me to go to school? Does he want me to be in business? Does he want me to do this? Does he want me to do that? And we get so jumbled in our mind thinking, what does God want us to do? And, and listen, I struggled with that for years. For years. And listen, uh, my wife can tell you, I've... Uh, before I took this pastorate position, I had wanted to be everything under the sun. I wanted to go back to school to be an electrician. I wanted to go back to school to be a carpenter. I wanted to go back to school to be a barber. I wanted to go to school to do this and do that. And I wanted to, I was trying to find what, God, what God's purpose was for my life I, because I knew that where I was was not where God wanted me to be. And so I told Cassie, I was like, what am I doing wrong? Because I'm praying every day, asking God to reveal his will to me. And the more I pray, the more he's pulling, away, pulling me away from the current job that I'm at. And I'm praying and I'm praying. And I'm asking God. And listen, I'm, I'm talking to my wife. And I'm like, I want to go back to school, but I have no idea what I want to do. And she said, I'm not letting you go back until you know what you're going to do. Why spend thousands of dollars if you have no idea what you're going to use it for? So I just began praying. And God gave me the sermon on what the purpose of a Christian is. And uh, what it boiled down to was my purpose is to live for Christ no matter where I'm at. No matter what job I'm at, no matter what I'm doing or where I'm working or where I'm living, my purpose as a child of God is to live for Jesus Christ and to make his name and word known to other people. And that's what all of our purpose is. We all have the same purpose in Christ. And that is to let our light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify the Father which is in heaven. That's our purpose. Our purpose is to be the salt of the earth. He don't want, he don't want us to be trodden down under the foot of men. He don't want us to lose our salt or uh, the savor of the salt. He wants us to be salty. And he want, 
Not sassy, Julie. He wants us to be the salt of the earth. He wants us to let our light shine for Him. Not for us. Not to boast ourselves. Not to puff ourselves up. Not to say, look at me and what I've done in my career and, and who I've become. But look what he's done, amen? That's, what, that's where we are. That's what our purpose is. And we can know his will through the mystery of Christ because we are in that sacred secret. When you are born again, when you are bought with the blood of Christ and you are become, you've adopted, you've been adopted like I preached to you this morning, when you are an adopted child, you receive all the inheritance that the biological children get. Amen? Bless God. There's no difference. There's no respecter of person. God is not a respecter of person. So the adopted children and the biological children, they receive the same thing. And listen, God's people, I know that the children of Israel, I know that Israel is God's people, but they've got to go through the blood just like we did. Amen? They can't get there based off of Abraham's promise and based on, listen, the New Testament did not do away with those covenants. It fulfilled those covenants. And because of the New Covenant, God's chosen people still have to go by the way of the blood. They ain't offering up sacrifices every year. And they don't have to do all the things that Moses established in the Old Testament. But bless God, they still got to get covered by the Lamb. Amen. Because there's a, it's a, He's the only way. You can't go to the high priest in the temple and ask, ask him to ask God for the forgiveness of your sins. You must do it yourself. It's an individual walk. It's not something that mom and daddy can do or aunt and uncle can do. It's something that you have to do, amen. And it's something that we must share with others. He said in verse 9, Having made known unto us the mystery of his will, according to his good pleasure, which he hath purposed in himself. I read to you Romans chapter 8 and verse 28 says, uh, For we know that all things work together for the good to them who love God and who are called according to His purpose. Purpose. See, a lot of people think, and I'll throw this out there, the word destiny is far different than the word purpose. See, the, your purpose and what people's purpose is, like I told you, it's the glorify God in our works and in what we do but so many people get caught up in well my destiny is to be this great doctor my destiny is to be uh, the president of the United States and my, they're using that word out of context because destiny is a destination your destiny listen a lot of people's own their destiny is a place called hell because they have not been redeemed by the blood of the crucified one but we who are a part of the family of God our destiny has now become a place called heaven that's our destiny and when people when you have pallbearers when you have three on each side of your casket they are carrying your body to its destiny and its destiny is the dirt because God made us from the dirt and to the dirt we will return but our soul the soul's destiny the inner man's destiny is heaven and everlasting life if you have been covered by the precious blood of Jesus Christ so it's through, uh, I'll go back over, uh, verses 4 through 9. It says, according as he hath chosen us in him. See, it's all in him. Nothing of ourselves. It's nothing 
about us. It's nothing that we've done, but it's all through Him. According as He hath chosen us in Him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before Him in love, having predestinated us unto the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to Himself, according to the good pleasure of His will, to the praise of the glory of, of His grace, wherein He hath made us accepted in the Beloved, in whom we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of sins, according to the riches of His grace, wherein He hath abounded toward us in all wisdom and prudence, having made known unto us the mystery of His will, according to His good pleasure, which He hath purposed in Himself. Thank God tonight. I'm, I'm so thankful. Number one, I'm thankful tonight for the anointing of God because I feel it tonight. Thank God for the liberty that I feel tonight because I feel it tonight. But I'm so thankful for the Word of God. And I encourage you to go back and read Ephesians 1. Listen, I'm going to be in Ephesians 1 at least through next Sunday, I know. Go back and read it this week. See if you find what I'm talking about. See if what I'm telling you is, is true. I believe it is. And what I've done, and you can see, if I can show it to you, my Bible's all underlined, and maybe you can't see this far. John, your eyes may not see this far. I don't know. But all, all and what I've done is when I was reading this, I was letting the Spirit speak to my heart. And in verse 4, I underlined, He hath chosen us in Him to be found without blame before Him in love. I underlined it in love. Having predestinated us unto the adoption of children by Jesus Christ, I underlined Jesus Christ, to himself because it's showing me and I, I underlined everywhere that it said in him or for him or he hath because it's all about him tonight we, we cannot have salvation in and of ourselves it's only through Jesus Christ we cannot have the forgiveness of sins it's only found in him tonight and that's where the church has gotten away from because we've got away from him and we think that we're better we think that we're better off without Him, but we're not. And you can see the state of the church in 2020. It is so far away from Him. We've got to get back to the Word of God because the Word of God, listen, the Old Testament pointed to Him and the New Testament pointed to Him and He is the center of our life. Or at least He should be. He should be the center of our life. It's all about Him tonight. I could keep going, but I ain't going to. Save it for next week.